and hello and welcome to your favorite podcast and your favorite main man. It is the Weatherman Report, and I am the Weatherman. Berg Myers here, giving you once again another top five list, top five shooting guards in NBA history. Once again, this is my opinion, so I'm gonna back it up with stats and statistics, and uh, same thing, but also just kind of like what they did for the game and. Just my personal opinion on who my top five favorite shooting guards are. And once again, you know, we have a sponsor for this video. Sponsor is bballempire.com. Bball Empire, it's a nice, everything's all cotton products. It's a clothing brand that has those basketball gear, has hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all nice material, all 100% cotton. And if you use my code WEATHERMAN, that's W-E-A-T-H-E-R-M-A-N, you get 25% off um, on your first order. And so please, you know, they are going to benefit the cha- the podcast. So if you have some, you know, wanting to get some nice sweatshirts or shirts with a little bit of basketball lo- logo on it, then why not go with that? So... With this, we're going to do the top five shooting guards in NBA history. But first, you know, I obviously kind of have to give a shout out for an honorable mention. And the honorable mention is the uh, Argentinian Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili, man, was one of those players that, you know, just he gave up so much to be a champion. Kind of like what Tim Duncan did for the Spurs is what Manu Ginobili did. Manu Ginobili became probably one of the greatest six-man NBA's ever seen. And he was a starter playing the six-man role. And you know what? He averaged 13 points for his career, but just such an elusive scorer. I mean, he's literally, he's one of the greatest Euro- European players ever, if not the greatest European player in NBA history. I mean... He won a gold medal with Argentina over the U.S., which is still one of the greatest upsets in NBA in just FIBA world, you know, history. So Manu Ginobili, the Argentinian, he is one of those players that just, golly, he just changed the sport completely. He was a left-hander, just was so clutch, just made every big shot that they the Spurs needed, would shut down defenders and he was really the the first player to to utilize that euro step he made that euro step a dynamic move in the nba and it was between him and d way those are the two players that really just utilized the the euro step to their advantage now you see it everywhere now so it's amazing how just you watch one or two players do it and then just utilizes every other player to start doing it like we see today. So Manu Ginobili is one of my honorable mentions. The second one is Clyde the Glide Drexler. Phenomenal player. Played for the Portland Trailblazers and the Houston Rockets. Won a couple rings with the Houston Rockets. You know, the, re- the only thing is, you know what? He was just not Michael Jordan and nobody was Michael Jordan. But... You know, he just played in an era where he was never going to be the best sh- shooting guard in the NBA. 
And that's what happened when he played up against Michael Jordan. I mean, Clyde the Glide averaged a little over 20 points a game. Don't get me wrong, was a very athletic player, good shooter. But, you know, he was just no Michael Jordan. He won a championship with the Houston Rockets in 1994 and 1995 season. My apologies, I thought he won two. He won one. He was a 10-time All-Star Hall of Famer and a 5-time All-NBA. So Clyde Drexler, 6'7", you know, was a phenomenal scorer. He could rebound. He was a very good defender. But, you know, every single time he went up against Jordan, he just got torched every time he went up against Jordan. And so, you know what, I think he's one of the forgotten stars in the NBA was Clyde the Glide. But, you know, it's it's just tough to see because, you know what, it's kind of how I feel about Dwayne Wade. You know, I think that Dwayne Wade, you know what, people do regard him as a top five shooting guard. But he played in the era of Kobe Bryant. And I'm sorry, but Dwayne Wade was never the best shooting guard in the NBA throughout his whole career. Was never the best shooting guard in the NBA. But you know who was? Kobe Bryant. So that's why Clyde and Dwayne Wade are kind of similar in that that regard. But then I have honestly one more honorable mention. And this is a player that does not get the respect he deserves. Most people have never even heard of this guy. He played for the Milwaukee Bucks. And was one of the best defensive guards in NBA history. He was a shooting guard. He played a little bit of point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. But he was a Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, five-time All-Defensive Team, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and five-time All-NBA. And that is Sidney Moncrief. Sidney Moncrief does not get the love he deserves. I mean, it took him a long time to make the Hall of Fame. And you know what? Yeah, his averages aren't, you know, they don't jump out at you. But he had a couple of seasons where he was averaging mid-20s in points per game. And he was leading the Milwaukee Bucks to deep playoff runs. And he would also be shutting down the team's best players. That is what Sidney Moncrief did. He was just an all-around terrific player. That would just shut down the best defender, could score at will, was a terrific passer, and just did not get the love he really deserved. And you know what? He played kind of a short career, too, because of injuries, which affected his career. And you could say the same thing about Tracy McGrady, who I would, if Tracy McGrady stayed healthy, I think T-Mac is easily a top five shooting guard. But T-Mac, you know what? He got injured. He only had about five or six good, like, just top-notch seasons. And then the injuries just kind of got to him really quickly. I mean, he retired at such a young age. But in T-Max prime, he was one of the greatest scorers the NBA's ever seen. And the same goes out to Brandon Roy. Talk about a sad story. Brandon Roy from the Portland Trailblazers just had a bad, had a bad knee injury, didn't, didn't do the surgery right, and then all of a sudden he had just bone-on-bone bone the whole rest of his career. Then he couldn't play basketball anymore. And he tried making a return. 
And a lot of players, especially someone like Kobe Bryant, even gave regard to Brandon Roy, saying he was the toughest player to guard at the time. Because Brandon Roy was so phenomenal and so just he had he was a Swiss Army knife. He could beat you in so many different ways. And the same goes to Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady could beat you shooting the ball. He was super athletic, good ball handler, knew how to get his team involved. I mean, that's dynamic if you could do all that. He created his own shot. I mean, T-Mac was phenomenal, but you know what? Also, Tracy McGrady never made it past the first round. It's pretty hard to be a top shooting guard if you never make it out of the first round. And yes, I do believe that a lot of teams that he was on didn't help him because Grant Hill was injured for the whole time Tracy McGrady was on the Atlanta Magic. For the Houston Rockets, his body just kind of gave out on him. And he left the Toronto Raptors right when Toronto Raptors got really good. And he left Orlando Magic right when they drafted Dwight Howard. It's just a mess for Tracy McGrady's career. But I definitely have Tracy McGrady in my top 10 easily for shooting guards. Knowing how small his career was. Same as Brandon Roy. But top 5. Here's my top 5. So number 5. We have the logo. The man, the myth, the logo. And that is Jerry West. Jerry West. What can you say, man? Jerry West is the only player in NBA history to win the finals MVP and not win the finals. That's how good Jerry West was. Jerry West retired, averaging almost 20 points a game. That is how good Jerry West was. I mean, there's a bunch of quotes that say, Jerry, why do you always go to your right? And he says, you know what? Until they can beat me going right, I'm not going to go use my left. I mean, he's got a point there. You know, everyone says you got to be different, but hey, he was able to score at will. He could do whatever he wanted. He was just, he was just prime of his time. I mean, Jerry West and Pete Maravich were two players that just pop into my head when I think of NBA players that just played in the wrong era. Could you imagine if Jerry West had a three-point shot? How many points he would have averaged? I mean, it's he averaged 27. Anyways, 27 points. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. He's gonna be a he's a Hall of Fame executive as well. I mean, in charge of player operations. I mean, look what he did with the Golden State Warriors. Look at what he did with the Los Angeles Lakers. He turned them into championship teams. Because Jerry West just has a mind for things, man. I mean, Jerry West, there's a reason why he's the logo, man. He's Mr. Clutch. He is Mr. Clutch. I mean, he's a 14-time All-Star. He's a 12-time All-NBA. As I told you, he won the Finals MVP. Losing. Like, wasn't on the winning team. And then he also won one NBA championship in 1971 and 72. And also won one scoring title in 69-70 season. And not to mention, no one, forgive, no one gives him credit on defense, man. Jerry West was a five-time all-defensive player. You know what? He was a very good defender. And, I mean, just look at his stats, man. He was only 6'2", but... He was averaging 27 a game, almost six boards, and almost seven assists. Jerry West was such a dynamic player. I mean, he could play point guard or shooting guard. 
And then I put him in the shooting guard position for, for this one because I feel like it was just such a toss-up to say if he was a point guard or shooting guard. I just said, you know, he's a shooting guard. And, you know, him and Gil, he played with Gil Goodrich, who was also a top guard at the time. And they were just able to just destroy people in that backcourt. And so Jerry West, you know what, he's my number five. Phenomenal player, the logo. Played for the Los Angeles Lakers his whole career. And he was just an assassin, man. That's what he was. And now here comes the controversial ones. Number four. We're going with Dwayne Wade. D. Wade. Dwayne Wade, the Miami Heat. The king of Miami. Dwayne Wade, Flash, whatever you want to call him. What a phenomenal career he had. He just recently retired. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer, obviously. And he just was phenomenal. I mean, yes, his career ended kind of early. But what he was able to do defensively and offensively, he was just such a just a dynamo on both ends of the court. I mean, he was one of the best shot blockers for guards in NBA history. Not to mention, he's also utilized the post better than most guards ever did. I mean, he was a guy that was not a great three-point shooter, but he was able to score in every other way. And that's how Dwayne Wade was. He was so good and so crafty and able to use his 6'4 frame to just get shots up on smaller defenders. I mean, he was just such an elusive player and such a smart player as well. I mean, the Flash, you know, he averaged 22 a game throughout his career. I think the last few seasons didn't really help his case because he suffered a lot of injuries and just was not the same. But he averaged over five assists, and he shot about 48% from the field. And Sean, once again, he wasn't a good three-point shooter. That's the one part of his game that was just very weak. He shot 29% from three. So that's the one part of the game that was so weak. But he was so good at everything else on the offensive end. And he was just a 13-time you know, All-Star, three-time NBA champ with the Miami Heat. And he's a three-time All-Defensive player. He's won the scoring title in the 2008-2009 season where he averaged almost over 30 points a game. He's an all-time an eight an eight-time All-NBA. My apologies on that. And he won the Finals MVP in 2005 and 2006 Finals. And that was one of the greatest Finals performances we have ever seen from anybody. As Dwayne Wade just took over that Finals against the Dallas Mavericks and able to stun the Dallas Mavericks. As he just put up numbers that were just outrageous, man. And he was only a second-year guy at the time. So Dwayne Wade, just coming out of Marquette, just no one knew really what they were getting from him. Turned out to be a just a key to winning championships, what Dwayne Wade was. And so Dwayne Wade, he's my number four, and this is where it gets controversial because I had Dwayne Wade four. And my number three is the answer. Allen Iverson, AI. And the reason why I have Allen Iverson 
above Dwayne Wade is because I personally believe that him making the finals in 2000 and 2001 is the most impressive thing to do to carry such a sorry team to the finals against the Lakers and win a game against the Lakers. I mean, that Lakers team was regarded as one of the best teams in NBA history, and that and Allen Iverson was able to win a game against them. I mean, let's face it. Allen Iverson, I mean, yeah, he had the Kende Mutombo up toward the latter end of his career. And, you know, it had just a bunch of guys. That's, that was literally the 76ers at the time. As Allen Iverson was an MVP, that's also the reason why I have him above Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade never won an MVP. Allen Iverson won an MVP. Was And he was a three-time steals champion, 11-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, four-time scoring champion, four-time scoring champion, seven-time All-NBA, and he won the All-Star MVP twice. I mean, Allen Iverson, yes, he got kind of thrown around towards the end of the latter part of his career. He kind of had that Carmelo effect where, you know, he wanted to be a starter, didn't want to play off the bench, which kind of forced some cancer in the locker rooms. But it doesn't matter. Allen Iverson was just such an elite player. Averaged almost 27 for his career. Three boards and six assists. And imagine. I mean, yes, he wasn't the most efficient player because he shot a little over 42% from the field. Shot 31% from three. But get this, though. Allen Iverson was truly the first player to just dominate the NBA being six foot or under. I mean, a quote by Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant said, we're all lucky that Allen Iverson wasn't six foot six. Because he says that he would be the greatest player to ever step on a court if he was six foot six. I mean, that's saying something. If Kobe's giving you that praise, that is something remarkable. Because Allen Iverson was six foot and was just had the heart of a lion. I mean, he got told that he was not, you know, he wasn't tall enough. I mean, he was a, I mean, he was a five-star football player as well. This dude was so good at anything he did. And he was just able to battle so many demons to get to where he was. And he really just changed how the NBA how NBA players dressed and you know he was he was the one who started kind of all the accessories and getting tattoos and headbands and wearing your shoes and wearing cornrows I mean before that no one really did that once Allen Iverson did it everyone's like oh wow that's that's a really cool look and he just influenced the game in so many ways and he truly gave so many fans just the thought of you can make it no matter what battles you have fought or what you're going through. You can do anything if you put your mind to it, if you work hard enough. Because Allen Iverson is just proof of that. So Allen Iverson, he's my number three because he won an MVP. And also just that impressiveness of making the NBA Finals in 2000 2001 and winning a game in the Finals. That's enough said. No, he didn't win a ring, but, I mean, he deserved one. So, Allen Iverson, number three. And now we're going to the top two. And the top two are 
I don't think anybody can really make a, you know, an argument over who the top two are. Because number two is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. The Black Mamba. I mean, what, what else can you say? Kobe Bryant was an assassin. He was an assassin. He was really the closest thing we'll ever get to Michael Jordan. He's just recently made the Hall of Fame. He's an 18-time All-Star, five-time NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, a two-time scoring champion, 15-time All-NBA, two-time Finals MVP, and he was an MVP in 2007 and 2008. Kobe Bryant was just, I mean, he was, you, all you could do is respect him. You couldn't, you couldn't hate this man. And he's a 12-time All-Defensive player as well. This dude was a phenomenal defender. He was so good at just locking and clamping up offensive players. He averaged 25 points for his career, five boards, and four assists. He's also fourth now because LeBron just passed him in scoring all time. And if we're being honest, if he never tore his Achilles, he probably would have played another year or two. And we watched him go out, which is such a in such a bang, man. Scoring sixty points in his last NBA game, he's just going to be known as just one of the ultimate legends in just the game of basketball. I mean, he's regarded as a top ten player all time, easily my top ten. Just what he did for the game was just remarkable. He worked harder than anybody, man. I mean, he was in the gym at 3.30 in the morning. Practice was at like 8 in the morning. So he was five hours before breaking a sweat, then doing practice, and then taking shots after practice. Kobe was just something special, man. So Kobe, 8.24, where's two numbers. Only player to ever have two jerseys retired. And... Let's face it, man. He's one of the best Lakers ever. And he's definitely, arguably, the top, the greatest Laker ever. Arguably. A lot of people will say Magic. I might argue Magic as well. But Kobe was just something special, man. So Kobe Bryant's number two. And number one, I mean, this is a really, this is a really any debate over who number one is. It's your earnest. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. The GOAT. Yes, he is the GOAT. Michael Jordan is the closest thing to Jesus Christ reincarnated on a basketball court. I mean, something Larry Bird said himself. He said the night that Michael Jordan scored 63 points against them, it was Jesus Christ reincarnated in Michael Jordan's body. That's how, and that's when Michael Jordan was a rookie. He was a rookie, okay? Michael Jordan is just something that is, you know, I don't think we'll ever see. And I hate when people try to compare eras, because guess what? If Michael Jordan played in any era, he'd be as dominant. Because Michael Jordan was just something special. He had the... Willingness to be a winner. He was a winner. And his NBA 
you know, his career was cut pretty short because he played in college for three years. And not to mention, he retired twice. Three times, technically, to finish off his career. But he's a 14-time All-Star, three-time Steals champion, 11-time All-NBA, five-time MVP. Was Defensive Player of the Year the same year he won one of the MVPs. One of very few players to ever do that in NBA history. Was a three-time All-Star MVP, six-time champion, six-time Finals MVP, and a 10-time scoring champion. If you ticked him off, Michael Jordan was going to kill you, man. He was going to kill you on the basketball court because he, he was just an assassin. I mean, he is the black cat for a reason. He is the... He is diurnus. I mean, what else can you say? He's the GOAT. He's Superman. He's whatever, man. Michael Jordan was just so good. Averaged 30-plus points for his career. Shot the ball efficiently, almost 50%. Shot over 32% from three in an era where the three-point shot was not glorified. I mean, come on now. Please. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. The best shooting guard in NBA history. No doubt about that. So, yes. Michael Jordan is my number one. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's my top five shooting guards. And... Once again, this was a sponsor for this video, B-Ball Empire. If you want nice clothing, all 100% cotton, please go to their website and use my code, Weatherman, before you purchase the item. You get 25% off, and it will help me out, help the podcast out if you guys purchase some items please and you know what I'm gonna finish off by giving you a nice message cuz you know what some hard times right now with this COVID once again 2020 being pain in the butt but you know what know that you are loved all those that need to hear it need to hear this cuz you know what you are loved whether you, you feel like you're alone, you're never alone. Reach out to somebody. Tell somebody you love them. Because that could really change someone's life. Because some people just don't feel loved in this world. So just hearing it from somebody and really just feeling the affection of being loved, that's something that could really change how people see their lives. And once again, this is the Weatherman Report. I am the Weatherman, a.k.a. Burke Myers, and I am signing off. I'm going to hit it up with my boy Harrison Sands, closing it out. I met this girl out on the west side. We were talking, seemed like. Wish I had seen her more than one time. I'll always keep her in a good light. I know this girl way out in East L.A. Now she's a fighter, put you in your place I couldn't leave my heart an hour away I'll run my fingers down her spine And I'll kiss her slow as a motion on the 405 I love her till I know she's gone 
from head to toe, just like the 101. I'm just looking for a lover, one after another. I'm just searching for my Sally at the bottom of the valley. I'm just.